to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com to celebrate spring like a kitten is offering our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash s and s this episode is all about taking the time to work on your partnerships and water your own proverbial relationship garden one way to do that is to try new things together and to create time for play and pleasure enter like a kitten like a kitten offers subscription gift boxes so each season you'll receive a new shipment right to your door with all the ingredients to spice up your sex life the spring box has everything from a pink glass dildo to an actual mini flower pot to plant a literal mini garden to water i like that they take some of the guesswork and overwhelm out of shopping for pleasure tools and just send you some creative ideas to try they're also great as gifts because nothing says i care about you and your pleasure more than strawberry nipple arousal cream again to celebrate spring like a kitten is offering listeners 15 percent off and free shipping when you go to like a kitten.com slash s and s or enter code s and s at checkout just go to like a kitten.com slash s a n d s or use code s and s to get 15 percent off these incredible boxes like a kitten.com slash s and s and the link is in the episode's description. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And this week, I am very excited to welcome a fellow, uh, is it alumni, alumnae, alumnus? Honestly, I don't know. Any of the above. <laughs> fellow cardinal. <laughs> Someone I went to school with uh, for undergrad, Ali Majinkalda. She is a self Did I say that right? It's been so long yeah. since I said it. Majinkalda. It's good, good stuff. She is a self-professed love nerd. She studied human biology at Stanford with a concentration in cultural neuroscience and then studied design at the Royal College of Art with a dissertation on design, tech, and modern love. In exploring the future of tech and romantic love, she looked at dating apps, chatbot intimacy, virtual reality porn, sex robots, sologamy or sologamy, polyamory. Yeah. Sologamy. Man, I'm just this this intro, I'm really stumbling on it. Uh, (laughs) Polyamory and more. She saw a world where we are outsourcing more and more of our emotional and physical needs to technology and wanted to build something to give human-human relationships a fighting chance. So she founded the app Lovewick. Welcome, Allie. Thank you so much. It's so fun to see you again after so many years. Yes. Um, And, you know, this topic is always fun to talk about. Who doesn't like talking about sex? So Allie and I worked at an awesome summer camp together in Lake Tahoe. Um, And I don't want to make this episode about me, but just for like 30 seconds, anything that you remember about what I was like in college so our listeners can uh, know how I've transformed over time. (laughs) Well, I, I was... The thing that sticks out to me most is you were extremely confident and eccentric and really sexy. Those are the things that I remember. <laughs> wow, I'll take it. Yeah. So <laughs> Thank I think you. you probably still have a lot of that going on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on to you. So <laughs> just had to get a little validation before we started. Um, okay, tell me about your dissertation. What were some of your findings? Yeah, well, so I, I was studying service design at the Royal College of Art in London. And basically, you can do your dissertation on any topic you want, as long as it's related to design in some way. I love and it. It's called the Royal College. The also. Royal College of Art. Yes. Yes. It's, it's an amazing school, actually. There's like sculptors and fashion designers, and it's like a really creative institution. But mine was like the most businessy. I mean, it's like user experience and kind of experience design. Um, so it's fun to be around all those kinds of people. But anyways, I was like, all right, I need to choose a topic to spend 10,000 words talking about in relation to design in some way. And I would, was just out of a three-year relationship, moving to London, doing dating apps for the first time. And I was experiencing the ups and downs of dating strangers. Like It's exciting and really amazing when you have an initial kind of chemical bond to somebody, yes. um, but then also ghosting and I mean, like that whole world. And but then also once you get to know them. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's all, yeah, it, it's all over the map. But basically I was like, my personal life is crazy in thinking about love and relationships. 
I would love to have the opportunity to explore that more like through an academic lens and have the space and time to do that. Um, an undergrad, I looked a lot at evolutionary biology and pair bonding and are we even meant to be monogamous creatures? And so I just kind of wrapped it all together um, in my dissertation and it was just really exploratory and fun, to be honest. And what were some of the highlights or takeaways uh, from what you what you found? Yeah, I mean, the main takeaway was the path of least resistance is to keep outsourcing things to technology that really I think we should be getting from other people. But like people can hurt you, people can disappoint you, people can judge you. Um, but technology can't. Like if you have the perfect sex robot that is a little bit like has some machine learning in it, so it knows your name and it knows what you like and can tell you that you're perfect, um, then I could see people living a life where they like to hear those things and it's better than dealing with the messiness of another real person. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not judgmental of people outsourcing their needs to technology or getting pleasure from technology, but if it's coming down to like on a societal level, we're choosing between machines or people. Like I would hope that there's, you know, there's a lot of lovely chaos in, in being with other people, um, and using technology to strengthen our person to person connections rather than cutting them all off. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, technology like glitches and stuff as well. So I think there's there are imperfections, but then you just get a new model, right? You like yeah. don't feel bad about trading it in. I mean, maybe if you're really attached to your iPhone, you like grieve the loss of your iPhone 10 for your iPhone 12. But yeah. like you, I think you are able to just kind of trade it in. And I I do see this a lot with my clients. Is I don't know if I would say it's technology driven, but definitely this culture of instant gratification. Yes where it's so easy to just swipe to the next or look for the next that we're not building as much emotional like resilience and we just want things to be quick and easy. And sometimes that's nice. I mean, that's why sex toys and tools were invented and there's totally. lots of great technology, but then we're seeing folks that once things start being work, like sex starts being work, then people are like, oh, this must mean that it's bad. Yeah, Let's upgrade to a new model. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have, I looked a lot at dating apps too. And, and the kind of psychology of choice paradox, like when you have too many choices, you're less satisfied with any choice that you actually end up going mm. with. And that's what a dating app is. It's this fallacy that you have infinite options. And so like, if you're dating someone and you start seeing a couple things that aren't perfect, you're like, well, one swipe away could be someone who has those characteristics that I so desperately think I need. Yeah. Um, is that similar to like the gambler's fallacy or whatever? Like the next probably. time is the win. Yeah, no pro I I'm sure they probably interact with each other to be honest. Um, and then this whole idea of like the grass is always greener. Um, but then it's like, why don't you just water your own lawn a little bit? <laughs> so, Cause water is fucking expensive. <laughs> hey, okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, so would you advise people not to use dating apps for this or just may have it be maybe one of the things? Cause I actually met my long-term partner of five and a half years on Bumble. Amazing. Um, but it definitely, I, I mean, this was five and a half years ago. So I think things have changed since then. Most people I know right now hate the apps for the most part, but some are fun. But I find that like, I don't know. Everyone just is not feeling good about it. Uh, for me, it was, I had to like make a job out of it. I definitely had to like go on multiple dates a week and be like really willing to just keep going. Yeah. Although it was, it was so disheartening. Yeah, no, I am. I'm definitely not anti-dating app. I think it's an amazing way to meet people that you wouldn't usually cross paths with. Um, from the studies I've read, like it's contributing to a lot more interracial and interfaith couples because you're not meeting people just in your own church or in your own town. Like Community. you're, yeah, which I think is really exciting. Um, but I do think there are ways, it, some of the apps are designed look like the swiping kind of ones. I think that's brutal. <laughs> you get so little information about a person and it doesn't at all replicate a real world kind of interaction. Whereas, I mean, this isn't product placement, but like I only use Hinge because I really like that you can like things about someone's prompts. Um, Sponsor us. Yeah, woo. And it doesn't require a mutual match for you to start a conversation. Um, and so if somebody says, oh my God, I love your Zelda tattoo. 
I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't have automatically thought that I would be attracted to this person, but we have that in common. And I would just like to go get a drink with them. And then maybe something happens from that. So I think there are ways to design them well and poorly. And I definitely think that, you know, around 40% of Americans now have met a romantic partner online. So it's the way that people find a partner. And I think that's great. I think it's just being mindful going through that whole process, taking breaks when you feel fatigued, like don't keep forcing yourself to do it where it becomes so much of a job that it's no longer enjoyable. Um, And at least for myself, I've kind of decided once I'm actively going on dates with three people, I put it on pause. So I don't have anything new coming in. Like I like to see those play out before always thinking, oh, something shiny and new is right around the corner. But nobody else is doing that. So maybe I'm (laughs) screwing myself over. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Now I can't stop thinking about the Zelda tattoo. Triforce, baby. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't know much about Zelda, but someone out there listening is going to be really happy that you have one. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's it's a community of people who like love that game. Um, The Legend of Zelda. I I like to invite people to if they're going to use the apps to not just use the apps. Mm. And so I think like have it be one of the things that you do, you know, or I guess same thing with any like virtual reality porn or sex bot or whatever, like have it be one thing on the menu, but trying to like make sure you have other things on the menu, like meeting up with people who are in activities and communities that you're interested in. Um, so that you get both. Like I, I would like to hope that like technology and humans can coexist, but like all of the robot horror movies say otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And we're just, we're not good at moderation. Like uh, the little dopamine hits go straight to the dome. And then we're yeah. like, no, I want to do that over and over and over and over again. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, di- diversifying where you're getting pleasure, where you're getting connection is always the better move. Yeah. Okay. So going back to that word, I couldn't pronounce uh, sologamy. Sologamy. I think it's sologamy. Honestly, I only wrote about it. I never said it out loud. So (laughs) (laughs) sologamy. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Um, What is that? Yeah. It's this idea of people getting commit, having commitment ceremonies or weddings with themselves and being like, nope, I'm pretty much sure that it's just going to be me and I want it just to be me. And so I think in Japan, for example, you can have a wedding where it's just a wedding for you. Interesting. Not married, see, not being married to anybody else. See, I think that everyone should be be required to be sologamous. So, I can't say this is going to torture me all day. Sologamous, <laughs> because I'm. I think we should all ha- be our own primary partner in a lot of ways. But I'm mm-hmm. hearing that it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I really am not looking for anything else outside of this. Yeah, I, I think I think the extreme, you know, to get married to yourself is pretty extreme. Um, <laughs> But it doesn't have to necessarily be cutting off other people. It could just be a celebration of you your commitment loving to yourself. yourself. Um, yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah, which I think is lovely. Yeah. Okay, so as a result of these lacking human-to-human connections, what were some things that you noticed in your research or personally that made you want to mm. found this app? Yeah, I think, yeah, just the, the, the big picture of we're outsourcing instead of having any tools to do this with each other. After I did my dissertation, I was like, okay, this should lead into some kind of final project because I have all this context now that I want to actually build something with. And initially, I was thinking of doing something in sex ed um, and like designing a sex ed intervention for like teenagers or for young adults. But then I was like, good sex starts with good relationships. And we're not really taught. I mean, honestly, we're not even taught how to have good friendships. We're, we're not empathy Any relationship that. No, it's like our interpersonal relationships. Everyone just expects it to be so human that we don't have to practice and we don't have to learn and we don't have to try. And that's just not how it is. Like it, it takes practice and people make mistakes and there are frameworks to help you understand how you interact interpersonally with somebody else, like attachment styles and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just kind of crazy that it's something that we're all expected to learn on our own outside of any kind of system, mm-hmm. even though it, you know, the quality of our interpersonal relationships is more predictive of a long, happy life than social class IQ or genes. So it's like the most important thing. And yet I feel like we're the most unprepared for it. Well, and Um, I think we sometimes put in the least amount of energy into it. Yeah, totally. It falls to the kind of the bottom of your priority list, given all the other things that are on your plate. 
Yeah, like maybe we'd make time for like fun things. I, I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I think yeah, I would make time for fun things, but I think sometimes it's harder to make time for like the real relational connections because that's definitely more energy, more time. You have to really be self-reflective and like look at what's happening for you and your own kind of trends of communication. Um, yeah. And I think we don't often make time for that. You know, it's it's sort of so ingrained in our culture, right? To just be like, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah. Well, also a lot of times when you do take space to actually think about that and work on those things, it's uncomfortable. Like you realize things about yourself or about your life that you're not super stoked on. Uh, and that's why therapy is so important, obviously. But I, I'm, I don't blame people for avoiding for the most part, just to get through. Um, yeah. Cause life is pretty hectic. So tell, tell us about Lovewick, your app. Yeah, Lovewick. Um, yeah, so Lovewick is a couples app. And uh, essentially, it's like once you've found a partner, how do you grow and stay in love and continue to have new conversations and new experiences with them for years and years to come? Uh, so there's two main parts. Well, actually, what, is, three what inspired parts. the name? Lovewick? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, you know, um, Sternberg's Triangular Theory of Love. Um, um, yes, but tell, say say it for listeners, yeah. just in case. Um, basically, the basic premise is that um, to have consummate love, to have like this really deep feeling of love with somebody else, um, you need emotional intimacy, commitment, and passion. Those are like the three edges of the triangle. And if you have any two, then it's kind of a different flavor. So if you have like um, commitment and passion, it's called fatuous love. That's like getting married in Vegas, where you actually don't have a lot of emotional intimacy, but you have those other two. So anyways, everyone's kind of, or the idea is that you should aim for having all three, but of course in your relationship, you'll have different strengths and weaknesses over time. And ones that you have to work out more. Yeah, absolutely. Usually the, usually the erotic, the eroticism. Yeah, yeah. And, and I bet you, I mean, eroticism probably falls across many of those too. Um, it's not just passion and novelty because you have to have a feeling of being understood and trust, which is more the emotional intimacy part um, to, to make it really work. Yeah. I mean, um, so this, how did it connect oh, to yeah. the triangle? So, so I saw that triangle and then I saw, you know, a lot of apps and whatever are like Tinder is about sparks and flames and whatever. And I saw that there's also a fire triangle, like fires need oxygen, fuel, and something else that I'm forgetting to stay lit. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, I literally forget the last what one. Is that? Wait, fire, fuel, wait, what? <laughs> oxygen for, 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 a, for a fire to stay lit, it needs yes. fuel oxygen and heat maybe heat is the last one yeah <laughs> that sounds right <laughs> we went to we went to stanford yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know how science works fire um, but i saw the parallel kind of between the fire triangle and sternberg's triangle like triangular theory of love mm. uh and i also knew that oh i mean i didn't when i when i started looking into it i was like well what fuels a flame like if you already have the flame the wick carries the fuel to the flame so mm. I was like, all right, Lovewick, we're, we are not the thing that got you your spark. And we're helping just carry a bunch of content Keep and the flame alive. Yeah. To, to like feed your flame, but you, it's on you to do that. We're just giving you kind of a lot of opportunities. Yeah. For fun conversations, for dates to go on, for sweet things to do for each other to, to make that last if that's what you want. Okay. So you've got the name, you've got some inspiration from your dissertation. Like yeah. How, what are the next steps? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of, I knew that self-disclosure from, from reading a bunch of papers about like what contributes to uh, emotional intimacy and what contributes to a relationship lasting versus breaking up. Self-disclosure is a really big, important part of that, which is sharing your beliefs and values and your past experiences and what you're excited about um, with your partner. And I just... I kept seeing physical card decks. Um, you know, there's plenty of them on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. And I started doing them with some of my partners, past partners. And I just realized there's a ton of stuff that I didn't know about my partner, even after dating them for three years. Yeah. Um, their favorite way to play as a kid, a dish from their culture that like they really want to be able to share with their own kids one day. And so that kind of was the impetus for like having a de physical deck of cards is great, but one, once you run through them, you run through them. Two, they're not at all personalized to your relationship. So the fact that we were in interracial and intercultural relationship, there was no question specifically about that. 
um, if you don't plan on having children, probably a fourth of the deck is related to kids. And you're like, well, I'm not having those. So discard, discard, discard. So and personal- a, lot, a lot, unless they're sex specific, don't talk about sex. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like, I think a digital deck of cards could be much more available to you when you need it. When you're sitting at a restaurant and waiting for your meal, when you're on a long drive, like on demand, it can be more personalized. And ideally, um, there could just be way more content there and it could be added over time as relationships and um, honestly, society changes, like adding more things into the mix there. So yeah, the question game is all about self-disclosure. And I think that's like the main draw into the app right now, to be honest. Because um, it's a really easy value prop, honestly. You're like, yeah, these are fun. These are fun questions. Um, but also some of them are not so fun depending on like how willing you are to share. Um, yeah. So for example, there are questions like, um, Oh, we should just go through some and ask each other. Just, <laughs> just some of the sex ones. I mean, you yeah. helped me write some of them. So thank you for the shout out. I'm totally yeah. going to pull these up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite place to do it is in the car with my partner. Oh, amazing. Uh, so when we're driving or if it's a long drive or whatever, I will just, um, you know, as long as he's down, I'll be like, hey, let's do like five five to ten questions yeah. or whatever of something. And so we'll like use that time to connect. Because otherwise, I don't know, it's it's fun sometimes just to listen to music or rock out, but it's like totally. a good excuse. And I find too that like the physical moving and like looking forward. I also, I think walks are good too totally. when you're like doing an activity together. Yes. Well, yeah. And research supports both of those things. Like it's easier to be more open when you're not looking someone directly in the eyes. Um, And so sitting side by side is more amenable to that, obviously. And then also the act of walking, um, I think is associated with like better conflict resolution skills, which is like, if you want to, if you're in an argument and you need to take a little breather and then go take a walk and talk about the rest of it. Like, I think research suggests that that's really good for you. So yeah, you're on it, obviously, as the (laughs) expert you are. (laughs) Okay. Should we ask some questions? Are you down? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Sex or other? I mean, we got to do sex, right? That's, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So these were some that, that I helped Lovewick with. But before I even got there, there were so many amazing ones. How did you come up with the questions? Yeah, I read, I mean, I read a bunch of studies on where things go wrong and then tried to retroactively write questions that would get people to talk about that before that happens. Yeah, very, um, sco- very scholarly of you. Yes. And then I also, this was the more fun part was I interviewed over a hundred people, um, really diverse backgrounds and couples and experiences. Um, but just trying to figure out like, when did they feel most understood by their partner and when did they Mm -hmm. feel least understood and what's a conversation that kind of turned them on. And like, I, again, it's, it's all kind of trying to reverse engineer experiences for people so that they have a higher likelihood of, of having them based on that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's popping into my head before we dive into the questions is uh, the kind of like Esther Perel approach, which is sort of like sometimes what we look for in connection and safety is the opposite of like erotic energy that Mm -hmm. sort of erotic energy can feed on like the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find myself wondering like, what is this balance between like knowing each other more, but also um, creating distance. And so I think it's important to like go through these things, especially with sex in a long-term relationship. So you know what your partner likes and is into, but also remembering that you're never going to know your partner fully and to sort of not to say, don't strive to get to know them better, but like sort of embrace parts of that and like allow that distance because, you don't want to know them so well where you think you become one unit and then there's no possibility for connection and attraction. I completely agree. And that's part of the reason that there's a 10 cards per day limit. Like everyone's uh, like, why can't we have all the cards at once? I want to know everything about yeah. you. No, and I'm genuinely like, y'all, this is a journey. This is a long journey. Like this should take you a year or two years to get through all the questions, to be honest, yeah. is, is how at least I would hope that that, that goes. And answering a question once doesn't mean that you have the full picture and doesn't mean that that won't change for that person later. Um, So yeah, it's definitely not a scenario where it's like, I must know 100% of my partner. It's more like 
oh my gosh, I think that my partner is, oh, they are my best friend and I know everything about them, but guess what? You actually don't. And that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Like you should be constantly surprised um, by the fact that they have their own in, inner world separate from you and they have past experiences separately from you. Yeah. Um, I like that. I think, I think it's just like a safety thing. You know, we want to feel like we know the other person so we can try to like know their every step and their every move because then we're not caught off guard. So I think it's like a safeguarding thing, but then we assume that we really know who they are and we change over time too. So it's like based on old narratives and assumptions. And then that's when stuff gets stale or when you're just like sitting there feeling like we have nothing to talk about at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's a, di- it's and a that's really when, difficult balance to strike. Yeah, but that's when you bring out the love wick. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great when, you know, when you're on vacation with your partner and you have like so many meals together that even though your relationship is totally fine and dandy, sometimes you're just kind of like, all right, I feel like we've covered all the bases. Like we can just sit here in silence, which is also a beautiful thing. But sometimes it's fun to be like, ah, oh, in my back pocket, I do have something that's like could spark a little bit of novelty and take us in a direction that we wouldn't have gone otherwise you know yeah and just the act of doing something new like a card thing um can spark some fire and intimacy because you're doing a new activity together for sure for sure all All right right, do you have some of the questions up yeah yes okay (laughs) how do you define sex Uh, well that is a very challenging question (laughs) um it's something that i've been grappling with a little bit given that um, I'm bisexual. And so I've had, I've been intimate with men and women. And it just seems like the focus on penetrative uh, P to V kind of vibes in the straight community um, is a real bummer. It just cuts out so much creativity and goodness. And um, it's, it's hard in my mind to go back and forth between those kinds of intimate situations um, cause I feel really boxed in, in one. Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like I would define sex as, um, a pursuit of pleasure. Hmm. I love that. To celebrate spring, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash S and S. This episode is all about taking the time to work on your partnerships and water your own proverbial relationship garden. One way to do that is to try new things together and to create time for play and pleasure. Enter Like a Kitten. Like a Kitten offers subscription gift boxes, so each season you'll receive a new shipment right to your door with all the ingredients to spice up your sex life. The spring box has everything from a pink glass dildo to an actual mini flower pot to plant a literal mini garden to water. I like that they take some of the guesswork and overwhelm out of shopping for pleasure tools and just send you some creative ideas to try. They're also great as gifts because nothing says I care about you and your pleasure more than strawberry nipple arousal cream. Again, to celebrate spring, Like a Kitten is offering listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash S and S or enter code S and S at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash S A N D S or use code S and S to get 15% off these incredible boxes. Likeakitten.com slash S and S and the link is in the episode's description. I I totally agree about the limitations of the P and the V. I think I would define it as consensual experiences that are pleasurable and I guess empowering. Um, Unless you like like, don't want to be empowered, like, and that's your like kink play. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So consensual experiences for pleasure. Like, and I think it could be anything within that. Um, And that is so broad. And I think that's, I love expanding the definition of what is sex because then I think people can have more of it as opposed to like, oh, we didn't have penetration. It's been so long since we had sex as opposed to like, oh, we just ate a yummy meal. Like, sex that was sex (laughs) i mean but yeah who's to say that it's not um and just foreplay can be so many things that are not sexual you know like and also what is the difference between foreplay and the main thing like that's really contrived too why can't foreplay just be sex Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't have like you know it all figured out but 
I'm, I'm pretty down with pursuit of pleasure because that also o- opens it up to like, you can yeah. do it for yourself too. You don't actually need yes. a partner to be involved at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. You ready for the next one? Flipping yeah. my card deck. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Uh, what does sex mean or represent to you in a relationship? Again, this is very timely. It's interesting because I want to be, I want to be a lot more free with like having sex if I feel like having sex and whatever. But there is an emotional piece of it where if if I don't get really good after care or if the you know week after the person doesn't reach out to me, like I will take it way more personally than if I didn't um, have sex with them, if I didn't, if I wasn't intimate with them. So like, I mm. think for me, there is definitely an, a, a very real emotional and attachment component, um, mm-hmm. to sex and intimacy, which for some people there isn't, which is totally fine. But, yeah. um, I think you just need to reflect on your own if that's how it is for you. And, and like, I hope that not have a lot of shame in that. Sometimes I feel like I'm not a sex positive person. Cause you want, I, there to be emotions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, no, that's not, that, that can't be it. That can't no, be it. That's part of taking care of yourself. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the fill in the blank positive movements can sometimes go so far to the extent that, oh, it's supposed to look this certain way, right? Like body positive is supposed to be curvy, but there's also lots of naturally people who can't gain weight. Like, so I think sex positive to me fits in the same thing that like, if you're sex positive or if you're a like slut positive, that you have to be fucking a lot of people and not care. Yeah. Yeah. Which if that feels right to you, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, also if it doesn't, then that's also important positivity. Yes. Yes. I agree. What about you? Um, I think it's, it really depends. And so I think it can mean sometimes I just want to, have a sexual release, like to get off. Sometimes it's representative of like love and commitment. Um, sometimes it's because I'm feeling like I need touch. Sometimes it's because I want to have like an emotional release. And so I think it can mean so many different things. And I think it's important to not to judge yourself, like, why am I wanting this? But to ask oneself before they're doing it, like, what am I looking to feel or what am mm. I looking to like get out of this right now so yeah. that you can know like okay do I even need to do this with a partner if my partner's not into it um can I get this need met in other ways um and to also have your partner understand what you're looking for because if they're not in the mood and you're like just trying to fuck but they don't know what's really behind it they may say no and then the conversation ends there as opposed to like, actually I was reaching for you. Cause I like have been feeling really disconnected from you. Are there other ways that you would be in the mood to connect with me? Totally. Totally. Yeah. The, the, the possible mismatch of what both of you are going into that scenario with like, yeah, you know, if, if one of you is trying to play and the other one's trying to feel cared for and deeply understood, those are, could be at odds. But if you talk about that ahead of time, or if you, in the process or not process is not the process of making love, but you know, like if, yeah. if that comes out, then you're like, okay, I can adapt to make sure that your needs are met. And like, you can adapt to help me meet my needs. Yeah. Okay. Well, since you mentioned you like the aftercare, um, yeah. another question, what's your ideal post sex aftercare scenario? Yeah. Well, real quick before diving into that, I, I do a lot of TikTok stuff. And I did a TikTok. I, re- I respect that. I wish I, I like did it for like two weeks and I'm like trying to get back into it, but it's, I just like, can't point at words and take myself seriously. It's so hard. Yes. That's very, very fair. I, I stitch usually with other people's content. And so there was mm. this other, creator. you feel like you're having a, co- you're it's combining connection and technology. It, honestly, it is because they, usually it's other people having some kind of commentary on their relationship. And then I stitch that with like, well, here's the research behind that thing. So Mm. for example, this um, woman and her partner uh, were talking about how they play video games after sex and how they um, give each other massages and how they take a hot shower. And I was just like, wow, these are all really lovely caring rituals after, after sex. And then I layered on top of it, like, you know, there's this whole world of post-coil dysphoria, PCD, and a lot of people don't know 
that like it's totally normal to feel irritable or sad after sex and not know why. And it has nothing to do with the quality of sex that you just had or how much you love your partner. And it creates a lot of guilt and shame. And so I just kind of spoke to that saying like, these are great rituals. You and your partner might consider coming up with some of these for yourselves because PCD is this thing that like 40% of people have experienced in their lives. And yeah, and it's just a very normal drop in hormones and and totally like after a pleasure response. Yeah. Well, it, I got 5 million views on that. Yeah. On that. TikTok. Oh my God. I didn't know you were a TikTok fan. No, no girl. I'm, that was my most viral video. So I'm just saying like, that is something that I think a lot of people have guilt and shame about. And it's not something that's talked about. Certainly not in sex ed, but even among friends and stuff. Cause it's not really the sexy part of sex that, um, is what you tell stories about, but it's really, really important. And, um, that's where writing that question came from was yeah. like, damn, there's obviously a need for people to talk about this um, and to feel understood by their partners if and when that happens, you know? Yeah. And I think most of us grew up, at least in in the U.S., with that sort of joke of like, when a man's done fucking, he's like, make me a sandwich, bitch. <laughs> like, I think we all were taught and like had this joke of like the make me a sandwich trope. Um, yeah. Or like the leave and get out. Like if you're not in a relationship, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, am I even allowed to stay here and cuddle? Is this, like, you know, it's, there's a lot of yeah walking on eggshell kind of stuff too, depending on how well, you know, the person that you were just intimate with. So is your aftercare playing Zelda? <sighs> it, I've never done that before, but that would be epic. <laughs> okay. Um, try it next time. Let me know how it goes. It's a, it's a solo, it's a one player game. So it would be like someone playing and the other person watching and like cheering on, but, but I, massaging, I massaging you while you play. Oh my, that sounds like goals. That sounds like <laughs> the best thing ever. If um, you're listening and that sounds good to you, uh, you can find Ali through Lovewick. <laughs> <laughs> um, you go first though. What, what about you? What's your ideal? Hmm. I, I think also I, I'm so funny with this. Cause I think it, every answer will be, it depends, but I guess that's yeah, good. Cause it's that is just good. more information. Um, it depends what I've done. Like if I'm doing a really heavy kink or BDSM scene where I'm being, uh, really submissive or I'm being dominant in some way, or there's some big power play, I mm. think I need different kind of aftercare. Um, so in submissive space, that might be more like cuddling being told like what a good girl i am having someone get me water being really like like maybe like letting me cry or like very sensual um kind of stuff i think sometimes for like more traditional like vanilla sex it might be i kind of like to like lay there and sometimes fall asleep but just sort of like really savor in the moment um and so sometimes I remember when I first got with my partner, like when they're done, they're very like onto the next thing. That's mm-hmm. like, I think it's hard for them to stay in that space sometimes, or maybe that's their aftercare. They like want to get up and move around. Yeah. Um, and so I just like to like luxuriate, you know, like totally. sex toy in hand, just like sprawled out, hanging out, like feeling the vibes. Totally. And I think other times uh, I want to go again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think <laughs> or I'm like, it's not totally... time for aftercare yet. I still yes, want more. We're still going here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that all definitely resonates. I think another thing I really, when you were saying that, like the luxuriating and just like being there together, um, I really love putting my nose in their neck and just like mm. smelling all their pheromones and just soaking that up. Um, yeah. just let, I can I, like smell it now, you know, and, and you just know the little oxytocin is bubbling, bubbling in your brain. And you're like, Oh, I feel warm and I feel cuddly and cozy and just forgetting about time. You know, I just, yeah. I don't like feeling rushed to do something else after, mm-hmm. um, which is hard if there's like a mismatch where your partner's like, no, now I want to go on a hike or like, I want to go jump straight in the shower or something like yeah. that. You obviously have to kind of play with like what works for both of you so that you know, maybe you go cuddle in the shower or sit down in the shower together or something. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I imagine though, there's sometimes when if someone really wanted to have like a, a quickie type thing that they don't want the aftercare because they're just like uh, vibrating from the experience. For sure. Um, I could see that happening, but I think that depending on what it is, I less frequently would feel that way. Yeah. 
And I guess it also kind of depends on how, um, like the context you're in. Are you in your own bedroom at home or mm. are you in the bathroom? In an alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really different vibe. So. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll pick one more. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, when do you prefer to talk about sex besides on a podcast? Uh, yeah, I will say this is definitely a first for me. Be like, it helps that you're such a good friend and somebody that I trust. But um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, this is not you, my usual like podcast content. Um, oh, well, I love that you're doing this with me. Yeah, I know. It's super fun. It's super fun. In a dating context, I mean, I, I feel like I, I want to... S- you want to feel some kind of um, chemistry, whether it's even having someone's hand on your knee or something like I, I like that to happen as soon as date one. But talking like talking about sex. Boy. Honestly, maybe it's more a symbol of how close you feel with that. It's a signal of how close you feel with that person. Because yeah. if I do feel safe to talk about that pretty early on, that's mm-hmm. usually a pretty good symbol of that person being someone that I trust and that seems yes. non-judgmental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely no like timeline for it for me. It's just when I feel like I have the space to, that feels like a really beautiful thing. Yeah. What about you? I think again, it depends a little bit. I think if it's someone I know that maybe it's just going to be sex or I know that we're going into some situation and it's just more sexual right, right away. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe not right away. I want to make sure there's some kind of like, you know, connection in some way for sure. But I think like you said, to me, it's a good litmus test of like, how does this person communicate about this and yeah. have safer sex conversations? Cause that makes me feel like sexier and safer and more like open to doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I also think that, I try to encourage people to like always have those chats before they get horizontal or whatever position they're going to be yes. doing sex in. Yes. Um, that doesn't mean you can't talk about it while you're doing it. I think talking about it while you're doing it can be great too, but to have that platform on which you can refer back to, um, I think is good. I also, I kind of like to have after the luxuriating, like a post postmortem, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. like, how did we feel about this? But yeah. some people are like, don't talk to me right now. So <laughs> I think it's a, uh, and yeah. how do you feel when that happens? Mm, a little annoyed, but I also like that's their headspace. So I, I think we need to find one where we can both talk. Yeah. Um, like I can write, if I really feel like I need to express myself, I can write it down or journal and we can yeah. come back to it and talk about it at dinner or whatever. Um, but I think it's like, I don't know if you're a morning person and your partner's not and you wake up in the morning and you're like, so like, let's, mm-hmm. you know, talk, mm-hmm. what are we going to do today? And they're mm-hmm. like, fuck you. I think it's similar to that. You've got to totally. like find, uh, find neutral ground that works for both of you. Yeah. No, and, and but you can't always be the one accommodating for the other person, which I feel like women have a tendency to do more so than men. Yes. Uh, I'm glad you picked up on that because I am an accommodator. <laughs> People <laughs> I, 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 I know. I see. <laughs> I you see each other. Yes. Yeah. I th- but I think if it was really important or if it is really important then to be able to say, look, it's really important to me that we at least check in about a couple things afterwards and yeah, advocating for that. I, yeah. I think that's right. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Therapy. Okay, Woo! so I know sex isn't the only thing that you have. So what are some other topics and deck themes that you've found mm-hmm. to be really helpful or that have been really popular or that you think are essential? Yeah. Um, well, so the there's six kind of categories or topics for the decks. Sex and affection is one. Uh, but then there's beliefs and values, interests and preferences, mm. personality and habits, work and money, family and home. Those are the other uh. ones. So I really tried to like run the whole gamut there. Um, Wait, did you say money? Was is money in there? Work is that and money. Values? Work and money. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, these are so important. So many people <laughs> come into my office and they've never talked about these things. And they're like, we're getting married in a few months. And exactly. I'm like, so what are your plans with this? And that, oh, we, we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we've got work yeah. to do. Well, so I have a thousand questions across those six categories. Um, But like I said, it could take a year or two years to get through all of that, maybe more, depending on how many you do a month or a week or whatever. And so what we're rolling out, which I'm really excited about at the end of March is the plan is they're called card collections and they're more around life events. So like 
40 questions before moving in together, 40 questions before mm. getting engaged, 40 questions yeah. before opening, opening up your up. relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about that kind of evolution in the product where for the most part, you're still going to be pulling from the anytime decks um, for pillow talk, for drives, whatever. But if and when you're going into a big transition in your relationship, like how are you being intentional about that? How are you making sure that you talk about the things that matter so that they're not a surprise later. Um, because yeah, like for, for money stuff, for example, this isn't even explicitly money, but what's your vision of retirement? Are you someone who wants to retire by 40 and then start going and like climbing mountains all over the world? Or are you someone that like sees yourself being a teacher until you're 70 and then you go F off to Hawaii for a bit. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, really I'm different. so triggered. I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> time's running that's out. What fine. do I want to do? <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know, that's also fine. But like starting to have those conversations before you are married with children can help you forecast out and kind of build this life where you can grow together. And maybe that means that one of you has a two year sabbatical where you go and do all this kind of exploring stuff. And then you, I don't know, there's just a lot more flexibility and room to play, I feel like, if you have a baseline understanding of of what's important to you and your partner. Oh, and you know what I really liked too is there's not just questions. There's also prompts for like mm. activities and things that you can do. And so I think questions can be great. And sometimes it's like, well, how do I integrate this? And yeah. so there's also, um, I don't know what you call that in the the decks, but there's also like suggestions for activities that you can do together to yeah, to integrate the stuff that you're asking questions about. Yeah, I call them relationship goals, which I, I hate, but I also <laughs> kind of did on purpose because you see the trope of like hashtag relationship goals, but it's like, well, what are actual activities and behaviors that you can implement in your relationship that would piggyback off of these great conversations that you're having? Mm -hmm. um, but then there's also, this is a, a relatively new thing from a couple months ago, um, they're called community ideas. And so it's ideas for dates and sweet gestures and gifts that are crowdsourced from like other couples. Mm. Um, and so the that's been really interesting to see the kinds of things that people share. So for example, I saw one yesterday that was submitted that was um, go on a food truck date where you get to like, which I just love, like go to a place where there's tons of food trucks and try different stuff from each of them and have kind of like mm. your own tasting menu that you made yourself like at the food truck place. But then on the sex side, like someone said, like, you know, film your film yourselves being intimate, but with masks on. So it feels like there's a level of safety, you know? So I'm like, there are some really, really creative, awesome ideas where it's like, I wanted them to all live in one place so that you and your partner could be like, Oh, that excites me. But I have never, I would never have thought about that myself. So that injects the kind of novelty and let's go beyond Netflix and chill when we have a free Friday night, you know? Yeah. And just, I guess some ideas, like I think people kind of freeze and then they end up not doing any of the things, but mm -hmm. like they don't have to be original. I mean, it's nice if they're thought out, but like outsource this a little bit, Yeah, outsource, outsource it and then have human connection. <laughs> it, no, that's exactly it. It's like the brainstorming and the planning takes a lot of brain space Yeah. Um, and so it's like, if you can take that off your plate and spend more of your energy in the present doing, you know, yeah. like doing each other, doing yeah. stuff with <laughs> doing each other. Things. Um, yeah. yeah. I think there's, that's not, that's not cheating the system. It's not a shortcut. Mm -hmm. It's like, take advantage of the fact that there's other people who are really creative and you can use that as the foundation for you guys having a really great night. Oh, We have to wrap up soon, but yeah. before I, I was thinking of this story that maybe no one else will appreciate except you because uh, it has to do with college. But when I was dating my senior year college partner, before there were like food trucks the way there are now, we did like a bike ride of like different cuisines down University Ave. Oh my gosh, it's um, amazing. And so it was like appetizers at one place, drinks at another place. And so we thought it would be fun to do a fake breakup inside one of the Chinese restaurants off of University Ave. I can't remember which it was like something Rangoon. I don't know. But um, we did like a whole thing where we, we decided to get drinks there, but we like sat at the bar and we like had it all choreographed that I was going to like throw water at him. And oh, so we, my gosh. the restaurant was full and we like had a drink. We were sitting normally, like had a, maybe a little snack. Um, and then we started the conversation 
Uh, and I was like, I can't believe you cheated on me. And then we started getting louder. And then I threw the drain, the water in his face and then stormed out. And then he, you know, put some cash down and came out after me. And then we went to the next restaurant. That's amazing. So if you need a date idea, unless you're actually like (laughs) on the verge of breaking up, if you have a strong foundation, go break up at a restaurant for fun. (laughs) I, so two things i've seen an idea that's called like a progressive dinner where you do appetizers at one place drinks at another mains at one place desserts so like that's all in line except for the uh breakup thing but then (laughs) it's just the added spice another date idea that i love is an alter ego date where like you meet your partner at a restaurant in the dress and with an accent and like of somebody that's your alter ego and so then like whether it's a breakup or like you're hitting on them for the first time or whatever, fun role there's play. so much. Yeah, there's so much. I like fun that it's called there. alter ego date because I think yeah. when people hear role play, they're like, I could never do that. Mm, yeah, no alter ego date. Yeah, so I, I I did this in a platonic situation with a friend. I was like, I really want to go on alter ego date, but I'm not seeing anybody, and she's like, Fuck yeah, let's do it. So she Who were channeled. You? Yeah, she was Lady Gaga, or like that was her inspiration. And I was like a Kardashian. Like I bought hair extensions. I went to Bobby Brown and got my like eyeshadow really done up. I had like matte lips, you know, overlined lips. Um, but it was so fun. I love that. Like it's just a regular meal, but you're out and pretending to be somebody else. And I yes. just like we and should we used to do this more in of college. that. Yeah, we used to do this in college all the time. We called it rally. You dress up in clothes, mm. fun clothes. Like rally makes everything better. It's true. I mean, I think so. Some people hate a theme. I love a theme. So yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ali, thank you. This has been great. And um, selfishly, is always a good walk down memory lane. Um, how can people download the app, which I'm obviously biased, but I think is amazing and get in touch with you? Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's called Lovewick. It's in the US App Store and um, Google Play. If you are overseas, I don't know if you have listeners who are overseas. Mm-hmm. We do have a couple thousand beta testing links available. So you just can email hello at lovewick.com uh, or DM me on Instagram. Oh, and how do we support it to get internationally? Like in terms of how do I long term? I need yeah, to raise more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How can people give you money? <laughs> so, investors, hit me up. Uh, no, but I, yes, but yes, but yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, it's it's just like we're a really small team right now and want to make it really good English only and get re- into a really great place before we try to spread ourselves too thin. Um, but when I have people in the UK and in Spain and in Latam being like, "Hey, I want to use it." I can't say no. Like, I really want them to use it. So, which is why I give them the the beta testing links. But um, anyways, I'm with Lovewick on all my socials. And then, um, yeah, just download it. And and even if you don't like it, I want to know why. Like, I'm a very feedback, iterative kind of person. So, like, slide into my DMs and tell me what you hate. That's great. <laughs> or if you want to play Zelda and give Valley massages. Um, also that. <laughs> <laughs> no no unsolicited things, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you for joining. Again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. You can listen most anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to rate and review and check out the advertisers. It is much appreciated and helps keep the podcast going. Thank you, Allie. Love and that. Love thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.